0: Welcome to We Are Teachers, where you will hear conversations around the realities of teaching in the world today. I am Hazel Pulley. I'm the CEO of Excelsior Multi-Academy Trust in Birmingham. With me today, I have Nick Marks, who's CEO of Friday Pulse, but that doesn't give him credit, actually, although it's a great organisation. He's done so much. He's a really exciting guy from studying maths at Cambridge and then Getting involved with Manfred, an ecological economist, and then becoming a trained therapist and even working with Tony Blair, the government around happiness. Gosh, you have done so much. I'm in awe. Welcome to Excelsior Podcast.
1: Thanks so much,
0: Hazel. <laughs> what I love is your focus on happiness. I hope, I always try to come over as a happy person, but it's not all that easy, is it, just to be happy? It's really, what makes us happy, Nick? How do we get there?
1: I mean, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, it's not always right to be happy in the sense there are times for mm-hmm. us to not be happy, to be yeah. an- angry, yeah. sad, frightened, all those sort of things. But if you want to lead a life full of positivity, then there, is, there are things that you can do. And a part of it is a mindset, but, um, but part of it is also the things you do. And relationships, ultimately, are the most important driver of happiness.
0: I agree with you there I should have probably said positivity because I think if if when we cut ourselves in half we sort of think what would people see and for myself I always hope it's positivity but you're right we can't be happy all the time but one thing I'm fascinated in at the moment and I have been for some time is and I feel truly committed to it is happiness at work and on a day-to-day basis we're there so much aren't we if we can't gain that and grasp that happiness but but what makes you what makes us happy at work? You must know masses about this. How do we get there?
1: So uh, one of the reasons I've chosen to work on work is because it's one of the least happy activities that we get involved in, in our sort of regular daily, weekly lives. Um, and and in fact, the only pre-COVID, the only thing that was worse, came lower than work, was the commute to work, which is kind of interesting. Oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, happiness at work is, is as always, partly about relationships, you know, it's how we get on with our colleagues, uh, whether we feel respected and treated fairly, uh, whether we can express ourselves, um, use our strengths, whether we're learning, you know, we tend to like it when we're learning and creative, and then also do we feel, you know, our our work is inspiring, so we we capture those as five ways, which is uh, connect, be fair, empower, challenge, inspire, and it's and basically, it's, it's a sort of whole set of things that start to come together that, that create good experiences. But we, we definitely know it when it exists, doesn't it? We we'll all have had times when we've been happy at work and when we haven't. And it's so much better when we are.
0: It, it is. And that's what I really want to have in our business, in our match, in our schools for everybody, is, is to have that, that happiness. And you created something that we've just grasped recently. You decided that this was quantifiable, which I was aghast when I heard this. How can you quantify happiness? But you did.
1: I think, and and actually this took me quite a long time to work. I've I've worked about in the measurement of quality of life and well-being, which is what I did with the Blair and Cameron governments, and then into happiness. And I've always thought about, you've got to sort of, you've got to capture all the drivers and you've got to get them so everyone can understand it. And actually what I ultimately learned was actually if you respect the fact that happiness goes up and down then the best way to measure it is to ask people every week how happy were they this week and then it can respect the fact that they're going to have good weeks and bad weeks and the game really becomes how do you have more good weeks than bad weeks and so when we got to that idea that you could dynamically measure it i think that's when our breakthrough was so we create you know um, well you, you'll know because you use it but we you know we're create snapshots for you every week every month of how people are in the organization and it goes up and down doesn't it you're going to have good weeks and bad weeks and 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 it's about how if you've got a bad a team having a bad week or a bad couple of weeks you know you can intervene you know you can talk to the team leader what's going on you can think about how you support them Um, and so that's what we really devised with it so the measurement is is easy really we just ask people how have you felt at work this week give me an answer from one very unhappy to five very happy it's as simple as that but it is all the dynamicness and then of course it's all understanding actually what drives more positive weeks and of course you know we do some of that and the platform too
0: yes and I love your quip at the end the question that comes along last week's was would you like the words to talk to anybody in the world or to talk to animals and it was amazing I thought what's going to come out this week because it's a lovely piece of questioning at the end just to get us all related and it came out for us that people wanted last week to be able to speak to animals I just thought it was really interesting I thought I might use that in my weekly email which I do again you know it's that communication it's that relationship that contact that I, I truly believe in and I write to everybody um, every week don't expect to reply but I get all sorts pops up but it keeps us going especially we're big employees of we've got 300 is there a limit to happiness at work when you're organizing a organization grows is it linked to size
1: yes yeah, so there there is a relationship between size of organization and happiness at work so when people say oh google is the happiest place to work i know it's not true because it will be a small place because people are generally happier in more human-scale organizations. So when an organization grows, and I think it's the fear, actually, you know, you know, you might well have had it, I don't know, when you were growing, would you lose some of the intimacy and buzz as you as you grow? And, and the systems become harder to control. So in that sense, you know, large organizations it's about how do they create smallness in the bigness? You know, how do they and 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 what tends to happen as organizations get larger is they have lots of microcultures. So they'll have areas of the organization which have got good people managers in them where people are happy and they've got areas where they haven't. And so it becomes actually in some ways Friday Pulse becomes even more useful to organizations that are larger because it helps them differentiate between people in it. But um, it kind of works on all levels because we've designed it to work for individuals, for teams and then for organizations. So, you know, as long as it's got that strong team element of it, it can continue to work at, at scale.
0: Yes, I'm really interested in that team aspect because I like looking at um, the heat map that you can create. It was one of your reports from uh, Friday Pulse, which I think is great. I was looking at it the other week with uh, Jonathan, our um, executive head who who leads the, the Friday Pulse analysis. And we're looking that there's particularly one team that appears less happy than the others. And that's really helped us think why The other thing I like is the benchmarking that you've put in there, so we can benchmark ourselves from the sort of the three-month baseline we do for you, which is just a few questions, and how we compare to other people in education or business. Mm. And uh, that's really interesting. But guess which one? I bet you'll know the one that that comes through in education. Although you might say Hazel, it's in everything that people are most unhappy with. It begins with W: work, (laughs) life balance (laughs) yeah
1: I mean that's a particular COVID thing that's going on at the moment so it's the one indicator that's the indicator that's fallen the most during COVID with across all of our clients which actually the beginning took me by surprise as as rather naively I thought because we got rid of that commute to work which I knew was quite unhappy I thought oh it's got rid of that time but actually what's happened is I think people are working longer hours uh, there's less uh, boundary between work and life yes and uh, I think it's been quite challenging for us and and um so um and particularly i mean let's let's face it people who've had young children and been homeschooling and balancing and juggling i mean i've had three or four of my team that have got young ones at home and um it's definitely more difficult yeah. for them than for someone like me whose kids are off at working at uni as you know it's much easier for us so that's yeah. it that, that's that's very 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 hard um and i and yeah and I, I don't know how much it will pick up. I think it's always an indicator which which it's good to have a solid school and work life balance because that's respecting the individual that they have got a life outside mm-hmm. of work. Work is not everything. And yeah. that um, and we're not just machines that can just, you know, carry on working. We need time for renewal. We need time for, you know, our enjoyments outside of work. And I, I think that the wise boss understands that
0: absolutely and it's something that we really want to try and improve the work-life balance Been doing a great deal to try and counteract or improve that but there's more work for us to be done there and it often comes through in education because teachers often say don't they it never stops but it's not the only job the other thing that's been really interesting in our analysis is that we've dipped although we're still high but the scores have dipped on team relationships friendships and team cooperation now i think that do you think that might be
1: covid linked friendships and team relationships are two other indicators that have fallen Mm. during covid across the whole board and you know of course you know you know we're we're now recording this on zoom and we can see each other which is so much better than not but if we were in a room there would be a different quality to the whole interaction that we're missing and you know and then it also with friendships at work we have to become so much more intentional because you actually have Mm -hmm. to kind of like and we did this, We, my team did it quite well during the first lockdown. We'd book coffee breaks for people. I don't know, we've kind of, we've all got weary with it now, haven't we? And we're just sort of trying to power through thinking, okay, the mm-hmm. summer's coming, the end of lockdown's coming. So I think we're probably a little bit less good on it. And, you know, there's people in my team, you know, that, you know, I, well, I haven't seen one of my sons actually for a year, let alone somebody in my team, but somebody in my team I haven't seen from the very beginning. I've hired someone I'd never met. I mean, apart from online, he seems very nice. I had to ask him the other day, how tall are you, George? I've got no idea. All I see is sat down on the Zoom. You know? <laughs> he told me six foot two and I was thinking, blooming hell, because I'm only five for eight, you know. But it was like, you know, I just, I didn't even know. I, no, I, I mean, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter about the job. But it's just like, yeah. I've got no idea. I don't, you know, know very mm-hmm. much. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it is. And, and I think it's, we, we put in a well-being day, although it was virtual, and we did we gave time, we did all sorts. And the, the staff and our score went up that week as well, just saying, wow, you know, even though we're all away, we felt so connected. We did escape rooms. We are all in teams trying to get out ah. of escape rooms. So that was really important for relationship and friendship, but we want to do much more on that. But, yeah. you see, we know what to work on. Mm. You know, you, what you've given us is that, that window and uh, we, we just love looking into what, what the areas we need to work on but I read up a lot and it says happy employees um, do more work we've not really mentioned that are we just thinking of the person are we thinking of the impact of being happy at work What well, what's there about that
1: I mean if we think of the word ha- happiness can sometimes sound a little bit fluffy and trite and yeah. narrow, narrow in a way and like oh happy clappy and all sorts of things but you know when we talk about happiness and positivity we really mean the whole array of positive emotions and that is included in you know laughter and amusements included in that but we also have ones like interest and curiosity and in uh, you know awe and things like that which are really about you know something like awe uh, inspiration is about reaching for higher goals like setting our our bars higher you know which we kind of need in work and curiosity exploring interest focusing these are emotions that are really really productive now there are just a couple of emotions associated broadly with happiness which actually reduce productivity and in some ways i think it's worth giving lip service to them because i think it's where people's uh, sort of skepticism comes in which is that if we're continually just sort of laughing and trying to be in with the group then actually we tend to dial down our cognitive functioning a bit and the reason for that is we're looking to belong in that moment so it doesn't pay us to be our most brilliant and when you're building a team there's time for that you know well-being day the laughter the whatever and it's great at creating bonds but clearly you don't want to spend 100 percent of the time with people playing table tennis and having a laugh we're here for work so but you have to you need that base so it's, it's sort of in a way about time sharing between the different positive emotions And it's also to say that, you know, sometimes things are not great and it's actually okay to say that I'm not great at work because then we can help think about how to fix it. So it's really getting that whole balance going there.
0: I think that's the bit I've find very useful from being in teams to respond to Friday Pulse, the question, how happy are you at work, which we ask on a Friday. Because the team leaders will then meet with the team quickly on Monday um, after school and, and look at what the team's been saying anonymously. And um, it's interesting how challenging it is for some of our leaders to try and support the, the um, people members of the team. If you got any suggestions there about if a team is low, what can we do what what's the best way forward or is it too contextual for you to
1: answer it is quite contextual which yeah. is which is kind of why i try and create a tool that's a bit like i mean you said a window earlier it's a bit like a mirror it shows where people where they are
0: mm-hmm.
1: it is like a window too cuz it shows where you could be as well and i i think it, it for me the measurement takes you to the conversation and the conversations that you know uh, line managers have with their reports or teams have together is how you build what Amy Edmondson would call psychological safety, which is that you basically, yeah. over time, by doing lots of small things, which is also why we throw in that fun question at the end, you know, you were talking about earlier, is to build rapport between the team. That's what we're trying to do. And of course, you know, some people who are who are team leaders, I mean, one, there's always a variety of sort of naturalness for people to be a people leader. You know, there's some people that are just more com- comfortable with those conversations. They might be excellent teachers educators uh, have technical skills and they're slightly less kind of, so we do try and support them to have these conversations by by packaging mm-hmm. it up for them but in the end you know it, it is about the quality of that it's the same as teaching isn't it isn't it it's the quality of the relationship you know teaching is all about the quality of the relation between the the educator and the pupil you know how how does that going? you know can the educator be willing to be surprised by his pupil can they listen to them can they get into conversations that help deepen their their learning it is actually the same with your reports in a way it's about listening it's about being willing to be surprised by people that they've got whether that's a positive or negative surprise it's about going with them in the moment and that's you know that's a skill that builds up but um but and and i think it is trying to give you know line managers more confidence in doing that and of course there's only so far Friday Pulse can go to that we can take give them more interesting topics to talk about but you know some people you know perhaps need training on listening skills you know that can be often often a blind spot for some people um, it, it can be that they you know they need they need things about how they could do one-to-ones with their with their reports so that they can actually get more into stuff and things like that so it's a part of a suite of things, but it, it definitely gives you the window about whether things are working or not at that level.
0: Yeah, I think I think you've actually given me a bit of a nugget there, but I think maybe we ought to do some more work to enable our leaders to be even more enabling, really, to... Yeah. to to work with that that data and those results because basically we want people to be happier at work for for everything that you said really. It's interesting you said psychological safety at work, we're doing massive work on culture Mm. and uh, we have a culture canvas for all our schools now and it's lovely that we've got Friday pool strongly sat there in quite a few of the different areas across the canvas and uh, one is praise because it's fabulous, isn't it, being told and, and you're great and thank you for this or celebrating something somebody's done. And that's a key part, isn't it, Friday Pulse?
1: Yeah, I think in the, in the design process of Friday Pulse, you know, I come as statisticians, I came at the measurement side and thinking, OK, we want to create you know better weeks for people. And then you just start thinking when well, actually the platform becomes everything we can do within a platform to support that. And of course, one of the things we have a question on it about, do you feel appreciated at work? But we can do something about that. So we nudge, we put it under everyone's nose every week, saying, "Is there anyone you want to thank?" And it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's, 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 you know, and it's, you know, like actually, you know, your colleague Amy, who helped set us up this, this call, was mm-hmm. saying before we started that, you know, she loves using it, and she said, "I, I don't think I've been thanked for twenty years at work," you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and it, and we're trying to do micro thank yous. We're not trying to do that big employee of the year, which is great. You can do all of that, you know, but it's it's about just touching someone's shoulder virtually and just going thank you i i see you i see what you've done for me thank you and it's just very very simple and it's also allows us to shout out colleagues about their successes which maybe they wouldn't share themselves we do ask people who have got success this week but often being british we're a little reluctant to say i'll blow our own trumpet so you know someone else can say you know um you know hazel you've done a great job at this and it's you know even as ceo it's nice to be thanked isn't it i mean actually we often as ceos are the ones that sort of get forgotten in that and it's like and I love it when someone says to me, thank you Nick for doing that thing. Oh that's nice, you know. And it, it and, yeah. and it's and it's just very, very human and nothing to be embarrassed about that we like to be thanked. It's a really important part of how we build relationships. And actually you know our data all our clients last march when covid hit you know took a huge dip dip in their weekly happiness for a few weeks and actually it took quite a long time to bounce back for several months and it's still probably not at the levels it's still not at levels before
0: no no
1: but in that two or three week period when we were really you know a year ago now that we're recording this recording this of march 2021 but it was march 2020 when it all started to hit everyone's happiness went down but thank you's doubled
0: Oh, and in that yeah.
1: moment, the positivity got pushed onto, you know, I'm not in a very good place, but I really noticed the support of my colleagues. And in a way, that's not a design feature, just it just emerged out of the data. And I just think in some ways that's a beautiful finding. And I think that when we're in when we when we're feeling it down, you know, actually knowing that other people support us and appreciating for it is is one of the ways that we build resilience. And and to me, resilience is not a construct itself, it is a feature of like. Okay, how's our happiness? We go down, how quickly do we bounce back? And so that bounce back, yes, it's a functionality, but we see it in the data by repeatedly asking. And of course, it's a shape of a curve. I'm a statistician, shape of a curve of data (laughs) that I see all the time for individual teams, for individuals. We have it in our own lives, don't we? We have setbacks in our own lives. And how quickly do we bounce back? You know, they can be in a morning that something goes wrong, we bounce back, and it can be a huge event, you know, like a divorce or or a death of someone close to us, which takes us longer to. But the resilience is in how we come back, and and you know, as humans, we 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 do want to be resilient. We do we do want our lives to be going well, and sometimes they're not. But the bounce back is where it is.
0: I love the way you talk stats, and I remember when I introduced you, you, you worked with uh, the Blair government when they were looking at happiness at work. Is it? Because of your statistician background that got you into that.
1: So we were working on general population well-being, not, not happiness at work then. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so I was working at a think tank in London and basically trying to challenge the way that governments measure stuff. And Tony Blair started to express an interest. Strangely, Gordon Brown in his short tenure wasn't very interested. But then Cameron was exceptionally interested and Cameron actually introduced into the UK, Uh, a national set of wellbeing indicators, which was kind of our policy goal. When you're a think tank, you kind of set yourself a goal to achieve in 10 years. And actually when he announced that in 2011, I think it was, it took us by surprise, although we were very close to the government, we weren't expecting to commit that much. And so if you see data ever coming out about the happiest place in Britain, or you see data about you know um uh, how anxiety has increased during covid then that's actually the office of national statistics and that's the work that we campaigned for through the 2000s um what do you call that decade the noughties i don't know but that decade yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we campaigned for it and so um and it's, it's part of the reason actually i left the think tank world because i felt i set myself a big goal the government are committed to it and whilst it wasn't perfect i don't think their measures are perfect i thought i'll go and do something else now and i would go and do work <laughs>
0: So when we look at work, and and, and as I was saying, I'm truly committed to it, who is responsible for that happiness at work? You're talking, obviously, I'm CEO. I'm talking to you as CEO. You touched on it slightly saying that, you know, maybe we've all got that. But is it, it, the CEO has surely got to have some place within this, or is it all leaders? Who is it who's really responsible for happiness at work?
1: Well, I think leaders lead, don't they? And I think that, you know, I I can imagine you as a CEO, really enthusiastically embracing this agenda yeah (laughs) and um and and i definitely you know friday pulse definitely works better when it's got support from the c-suite um for sure but it is in many ways what i would call a bubbling up process rather than a trickling Mm -hmm. down process you know if you're positive and happy but your employees are not it feels incongruent to them your positivity will feel incongruent and you won't feel authentic as a leader so it is actually about getting it aligned but the actual process of it so we're very very affected by the people we're very close to um i, I call it proximal but basically people we're close to so our team and our team leader are, are probably having four times as much impact on an employee's experience of happiness as you are as the ceo that you, mm-hmm. know, you know you can you can do so much you can set agendas but but actually it's going to be how they experience their work on a day-to-day basis so you've got some influence but it's sort of 15 20 percent influence on the change in them not the 80 percent. the 80 percent will be at the team level and that's why we're a very team-based tool because that's where the action is but what you can do is of course set the parameters that you know that actually team leaders need to talk about it on a monday morning that they need to take the data seriously that collects on a friday because then you're, you're setting the process by which it can emerge but there's only so much you can do from the top if that doesn't sound
0: yeah yeah so in a way with sort of the leaders are the enablers the facilitators yeah. aren't they really and then that bubbling up I love that expression I could just see bubbles of happiness <laughs> and things like that that sounds fantastic so I was really I was looking at some pieces of work you've been doing and, and just before we go it's a bit cheeky this you might say but I saw that you were you were willing to talk to organisations about five ways to keep yourself going, really, during lockdown. I'm not saying give them all away, but can we just have a snippet of one? I think it was in your saying five things to help you through lockdown. I know we're coming to the end of lockdown, but what snippet can you help Excelsior staff?
1: Okay, so this is purely for personal happiness and personal well-being outside of work. So in 2008, when the Cameron government was in power, we did a piece of work for the Government Office of Science, and it was called Five Ways to Well-Being. And it's gone very much into public health England, into Mind Use Them. Uh, And they're basically steers for how for, for the sort of activities that we do in our daily lives that are most likely to generate positivity. And they are and there's, there's a similar structure than the ones we use for work, but they because basically the work ones were inspired by these, but they are connect. So relationships, you know, absolutely the cornerstones of our lives. But then the second one for our own happiness is be active, which is that physical activity is great for us. And by that, I don't mean necessarily exercising hard. I mean, walking You know, we can't really go swimming so much unless you can brave cold water, which my wife can. I can't. Um, But anyway, you know, um, but, you know, being active, going out for a walk with the sort of things. And actually, it's something I think that, you know, to give him some credit, Boris Johnson was quite good at in the first lockdown. He said, you know, you you are allowed to go out for one hour's exercise every day. I thought that was wise. The, The third one is to take notice, which is to just stop and pause and reflect in life about what's going well. You can do that formally in mindfulness, you can do it in meditation, but it's actually just as much about going out and smelling the roses. You know, spring's coming again. You know, actually, that was one of the joys of the first lockdown, wasn't it? This beautiful spring we had that at least we had nature. Mm. So take notice is really important. The, the, the fourth one is to keep learning, which is actually we like new things and learning things. You know, a lot of people did that during the lockdowns of baking and all sorts of other you know beautiful, creative things that people did. And the fifth is to give which is actually we feel better when we give to others. And we did see this huge outpouring of support in local communities. And, you know, my, my wife was wondering what she could do. And she actually went and befriended a woman she knew a bit, but an old woman who was 82 entirely on her own. I mean, her and Elizabeth now, a year later, are thick as thieves. You know, they they, they still go out at the moment, you know, go for... Well, Elizabeth's in a mobility scooter, but they go for a walk together, and they they talk, you know. And I I think those some of those friendships, lockdown friendships, will be great, and they'd be based on people giving to each other. So it's those five things: connect, be active, take notice, keep learning, give, and try and build them into your daily lives, and they do work.
0: That's lovely because as as you're rhyming those off, I was trying to connect myself with what you're doing, as I'm sure everybody does, and I bet all of us in some way do bits of those but i think that together the togetherness is great uh similar to your wife i, I walk walked past this um lay by that's been bugging me because of litter drops so i organized by talking to a lady of 82 yeah. saying come on we've got to sort this out and we did and now we monitor it between us and we all have little sticky picky up things but it's created so many new friendships and one and my friendship with this lady really made a difference it, it's been great so thank you Nick it's been wonderful talking to you and it'd be so lovely for our staff to hear this conversation with the guy behind Friday Pulse because we're so into it and um, I know it's I think it's helped us understand what more we need to put into our day for me as a leader and for us for all us as employees within Excelsior so thanks for doing it and thanks for being you it's great right. Nick
1: Thanks very much and we yeah we love working with you as well thank you.
0: Okay lovely bye.
1: Bye.